Hey, Sven here. So, this has been an interesting time, and I've been a little inconsistent with getting episodes out. And I know everybody understands, but I want to say that I want to do better. Me doing better doesn't necessarily mean that I have to be doing better. But I appreciate everyone's patience, and I appreciate everyone taking the opportunity to listen to the episodes, past episodes, and just generally staying with it. It makes me really happy to continue to do this. I I want you to enjoy this episode with M. Baker, who is a new person to the scene. We had a really great conversation and got a little silly yet sometimes, and I really hope that you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. So, on to the show. It's the crippling self-doubt that all of us artists, I think, have to deal with at some point or another is that I'm not good enough to work with this amazing person. This is Champagne is also a band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champagne Urbana. Recorded in the Blue Box studio with a songwriter from the Champagne Urbana music scene, past or present. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to be a part of the Champagne Showers podcast network. Welcome to Champagne is also a band podcast. Today, I have M. Baker from the band Plyke, and you may know M. from such bands as Allison Lane, which was an Allison Chains cover band, Bishop Buzzkill, Wire and Wasteland, and Acting for Cameras. So, M., welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So, today, we're going to be listening to the song Sanity Meter off of the album Soteria. And so without further ado, let's listen to the song.
Welcome back. So, as my first and favorite question, um, what came first? Was it was it the music or was it the words? It was the music, actually. Mm. Um, I I had wanted to work with this vocalist for so long. I had been following her work for about three years, and she is she just blows my mind everything she does and so i finally worked up my courage and asked her would you would you want to collaborate with, with, with me on this track and she was like yes and i knew that she liked early plike stuff for, you know from three or four years ago where it was a little bit slower and had more strings and that kind of stuff because i've gone more electronic now so i intentionally sat down and wrote this track based around what i thought that she would like and when i sent it over to her she was like I'm not quite sure what to do with this. And then she said, because we're both hardcore gamers, and she was like, it makes me think of Hellblade. So I'm going to riff off of Hellblade and see if I can do something with that. And when she sent me back the vocals, I was like, oh my God. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's perfect. She's just, and on top of all that, because of the quarantine and the lockdown and everything, she, you know, she had to move out of her place and move in with her sister. She recorded those vocals in her car. Like, that was the only place she could do it. And still, she's just so talented that they just came out so well. So she she's the one that made that track beautiful. <laughs> the, the vocalist you mentioned earlier, Yellow Belly. So her solo project is Yellow Belly, and she's been in several different projects. She lives in London, but she actually came and lived in L.A. Uh, for about a year and a half, and she was trying to make it in music here. And I, I think this is a, just a real quick funny story that she just recently told me, because I was like, where did Yellow Belly come from? That's such a, an interesting name. And she said, you know, when I went to L.A., um, you know, I, I did my best. I tried to make it. It didn't work. And she was dating somebody there. And when she said, you know, I've got to go back home, I, I just I want to go. I got, I got to go back to England. They said, well, you're just a yellow belly, you know, piece of shit. And she was like, I just kind of took that and owned it. She was like, I, I'm like, fine, if that's what you mm. think. And so she's like, I'm like, you turned something awful into something beautiful. But yeah, so she's, her solo project is yellow belly. Her name is Dominique Finnegan. She's amazing. <laughs> How did you convince her to be a part of this project? We both had been following each other. We met on Twitter. And that it's amazing, the music, the electronic music community that I'm a part of on Twitter is really incredible. It, it's everything you can possibly think of, from Witch House to, you know, chiptune to synth pop to, I mean, they're doing everything. And everybody is so supportive of everybody else. I've never seen a social media community that is so supportive. And so I found her on there. Somebody else had recommended her. Then she found me and we both kind of like rabidly started buying each other's albums and <laughs> like constantly going, oh my God, I'm listening to this of yours. It's so beautiful. And like I said, I was just so cowardly. I'm, I'm listening to her stuff going, there's no way that this woman would ever consider you know, it's the crippling self-doubt that all of us artists, I think, have to deal with at some point or another is that I'm not good enough to work with this amazing person. When I finally screwed up my courage, it was like, just expect a no and that's that's fine. And then her response was like, I'm in tears. I hoped that you'd want to work with me for so long. And it was just like, yay, celebration. So, you know, when you finally get to work with those people that you're like, wow, yes. Because when you're younger, I mean, we all try to put together so many different bands, right? You you try and try and try and try. And it's, it's almost like dating somebody, right? Like, mm -hmm. it, it feels like trying to find that right chemistry. It's not just the music. I mean, but... To, to find those right people to work with can be 
can be tough. So it really is was a wonderful moment to get to work with her. And the Acting for Cameras project is actually what we are working on right now. We've started another side project together. So we're hoping to release our first EP um, sometime in the spring of next year. So that's really exciting. So okay. we're this is a baby project, <laughs> but I, it's like a dream. So I'm really excited about it. When you put together your music, do you think of it as like you compose or do you think about it as like construct or do you like think of it as like noodling around and like playing around and finding these these parts or I'm just curious what your process is in terms of putting together a song in general? Honestly, it's kind of a mishmash of all of those elements. It's funny too how I've kind of over the years approached things differently where with Plyke in specific, like I really wanted these songs to tell stories and they could be very abstract stories, but I wanted to kind of tell a story with each track. And then with the first, you know, I think five albums and EPs that I released I did themed albums where I would have one theme and then every track is kind of telling another part of the story. Because for some reason, I always love that. I love it when Pink Floyd did it back in the day. There's a lot of artists that have done that and I haven't seen it in a long time. But then I kind of just started looking at it more as just sit down and see what comes out because we, you know, hit a really stressful time. You know, it was kind of my escape. I just wanted to come into the studio and work on music. And so it was like too much for my brain <laughs> to sit down and come up with all these themes and stuff. So I just started writing and I've kind of just started following that path now. But I usually look at it as a total combination of the programming and the composing where the foundation will come first. I will always write a baseline first and then I'll kind of just go piece by piece um, you know, I'll start with the baseline, you know, start with the drums and then just build, build, build. Like as once I've got all the drums and all the bass kind of in place, then I start going in and composing and, and mixing and everything else, because I really, really, really like that combination of electronic and, you know, organic, like having the, the strings and, you know, um, that kind of stuff mixed in with these hard beats and you know sub bass sounds and stuff like that like I, i'm always trying to take two things that shouldn't go together and make them work you know it's like i think every musician's dream right is to it make that new sound that nobody's heard yet to be right. the next you know whatever i the last actually it's funny too because the last music genre that came around that really i was like wow i've never heard anything like this before was dubstep and since then i've been like what's the next thing gonna be same thing with portishead back in the day it was like oh. i've never heard anything like this before you know so yeah, it's it's an adventure. It's but yeah, definitely. I feel like the foundation is really important. That that low end. That's where I focus first. <laughs> Was there something that just? I mean, I'm just picturing and and feel free to correct my view of this, but I, I'm picturing maybe you're you're kind of sitting at the keyboard and you just kind of hit a couple notes and you're like, that's it. I recently rewatched The Fifth Element, you know, for the billionth time. And there's uh, in the beginning, in the like the first scene where the, you know, the evil entity is coming, there's a, a spaceship full of soldiers and they're trying to stop it. And there's this kind of like driving. It's almost like a it's got like rolling snares and stuff. It sounds almost like military. And when I listened to that, it just kind of stuck in my head. And I was like, man. So the next time I sat down at the keyboard, I just kind of riffed off of what was in my mind from that. And of course, you know, you come up with something completely different. Sometimes it'll just be, I'm driving in the car, going to the grocery. 
and kind of humming and I'm like oh I like that and then as soon as I get home I'll tap it out a lot of the time it'll just be sitting down and playing out the bass line until you're like that's it that's it right there like bam I know that you know that moment where you're like I got it yes and then you're like all right next layer next layer next layer kind of thing I've written some um like kind of pad synth things uh based on vacuuming you know because it's like mm, and you're like <gasps> you know kind of on top of it and you create these <laughs> kind of cool harmonies but anyway I, that's just yeah I, I mean this is what i do I when it. nobody can I hear me <laughs> uh, i but, love it hey the washing machine for me i've written beats around my washing machine yep same nice nice <laughs> it gets oh, into yeah. that rhythm like boom do, do, boom <laughs> yeah so so when you did the, you laid out the baseline then you went with the beats on top of that or were, were there other other parts that you kind of integrated into that what was next from the baseline for you with that track because i was focusing um less on having a lot of driving beats and more on uh having kind of a emotional feel to it i just had my metronome going for most of it while i was writing so i did the bass line and then i went in with the strings with the cellos and the bowed basses and started writing in the orchestral parts and then once it was kind of fleshed out then i went in with the drums because sometimes it's tricky you know when you send something over to a vocalist if you've got too much percussion in there it can throw them off you know yeah. they can be like i'm not sure where to start or stop or so I, I usually working with vocalists i'll try to keep the beats pretty simple just usually try to just stick with like a simple kick and snare and then once they've uh. put in what they put in i can go in there and fancy it up around what they've done hmm. so but yeah that one the strings i i really really wanted to focus on those to give it like that kind of emotional vibe because the the farther i go the more i just want to write this really dark heavy stuff that's yeah. more driving and nowadays i i really like to go in and just do some like oh, drums and stuff but that one it was kind of like taking a little step back in time and focusing more on composing versus producing one of the things that that is intriguing to me about this song is it's to me there's like this sense of odd urgency i don't know if that's the case but I, I i feel like this song this song could be faster but it's just like holding itself back a little bit one of the things that stood out to me was the snare on the three which it, which is you know we're used to having that that two and four kind of snare beat it's like one beat you know past where you expect it to be and then and then you have to wait again to hear it again on the third beat and there's just something about that that matches kind of the mood of the overall piece and and i'm just thinking like as you were putting that together with were those certain kinds of considerations like um did you know at this point like what the lyrics were going to be like no i had no idea which direction she was going to go with it and so once it really did evolve a lot when she sent me over the vocals that she had written because again when she mentioned i don't know if you've um i don't know if you're a gamer at all but the the game that like, that I mentioned earlier, Hellblade Sinuous Sacrifice, is one of the... I mean, there's been quite a few indie games that I've seen now that have touched on... And I'm going to go down a dark rabbit hole here for a mm -hmm. second. Yeah. But that, ha that have touched on mental illness and have tried to convey mental illness in a way that is not just like a prop, you know, or a... a 
you know, where they're actually trying to convey what it feels like, what people deal with. Mm. A lot of game designers suffer from depression and anxiety and stuff like that. So now that it's becoming more of a thing that we can discuss, like when she mentioned that, and you know, she knows that I have PTSD, she has depression and anxiety. When she sent me over those vocals and she told me that that was her inspiration, then I intentionally went in and tried to make it a little bit more claustrophobic sounding. Not to make oh. the listener uncomfortable, but to give it this kind of, you know, trapped, urgent feeling like mm. you mentioned. So mm. I, it's great to hear that you that you kind of felt that because you know a lot of people are like oh it's really pretty and i'm like oh that's great i'm glad you like it but um, it's cool to hear like a little deeper critique of it that's awesome actually um yellow belly uh wrote wrote the lyrics on this yes okay yes awesome she did. so you had created the the the, the initial framework and she had come in and filled it with the lyrics and an additional intent. You know, you're talking about doing this during the pandemic. How did you help that music, those two ideas kind of coalesce into something that became the piece that it was? Up until 2014, all of the music I did, it was exactly, you know, I guess the norm. You had your studio, everybody comes over, you practice together, you record together, mm. you know, you write it together. But, it has been, and I, uh, there's probably a ton of artists that feel the same way. With technology now, it's kind of a piece of cake to work with anybody. I mean, the 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 communication part also with you know stuff like Zoom and and Google Hangouts and stuff. You know, when a vocalist that I'm working with sends over something, and I I audition it, and then you know we'll set up a quick chat either that day or the next day to go over it. And nine times out of ten, what they send me is just perfect and if anything is slightly off i know that i can fix it you know very quickly and easily because i'm a producer so it's pretty much just everything's perfect maybe could you give me an extra couple of like oohs and ahs you know backing vocals could you record a second take of that one so that i can double it that kind of stuff but i mean generally i really working with other artists i like to give them free reign like i really like to just say Fly little birdie, do what comes naturally to you because we'll make it work. Because, you know, working solo for several years there, I, I loved it because I had full control over everything. Not to sound like a control freak, but, you know, it's nice to be able to go, I'm gonna, I want this and I'm gonna do this. Where, like, when you're in bands and stuff, so much of the time, especially with me, with all these weird little things that I love, like toy pianos, like just, you know, creepy, weird sounds and mm -hmm. stuff. And it would be like, oh, uh, no, that's not going in the song. And I was always like, okay. And then, you know, now collaborating again, because I, I got, you know, it gets lonely doing the solo thing. It, you kind of gets, I had gotten to where I was almost like, I don't even know if I want to do music anymore because it's just, I'm tired of being a lone wolf. And so now connecting with these other artists and collaborating, yeah, I, I'm just like, I'm going to hand you this and you do what you want. I'm not mm -hmm. going to give you any direction. And unless I want something extra, I'm not going to. So I feel like people, uh, creatives, their best work comes out when you don't have somebody breathing down your neck. And I know for me, even back in the day when I was recording backing vocals, I would literally, and I know you're going to laugh at me, but I would get so shy and awkward that I would be like, could you guys just go for a coffee while I record my vocals and I'll be done in 10 minutes. And then, cause I just yeah. felt so weird with them standing around staring at me in the vocal booth, you know? So I think also this could be helpful for people like me that get shy in front of a microphone, you know, where they, they feel they can open up a little bit more. You kind of get better takes sometimes. So 
you know, I, I think... I don't know. I hate to make this kind of broad statement, but a whole lot of the electronic artists that I've worked with, we are kind of shy introverts in a way. I mean, we can be super extroverted, but, you know, it it kind of works. So, yeah, to take something like that, I, I just knew whatever she sent me, I would make it work. And so mm. she had sent me uh, several parts where she was just like, this is just junk. Take it or leave. You can throw it away. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Where she was doing like whispers and kind of chants and stuff. And she's like, I'm just playing around. And I'm like, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Like, be off the wall. Be crazy. So, yeah, it was just... Whenever I work with other people, it's just taking those pieces and fitting them together. And I'm I'm always easily able to fit my pieces around theirs. I'd rather, like, sh have them shining out front mm. and just back them up. I don't know if you feel the same way, and everybody's different, but I still don't really listen to a lot of electronic music that doesn't have vocals. Like, for me, it's the part that grabs me about a song is almost always the lyric or the vocal, mm -hmm. you know. And so I'll put on Aphex Twin, you know, I'll listen to even like Crystal Method, you know, old school <laughs> stuff yeah. like that. But most of the time I want to hear a vocal. So to me, like, I kind of look at my music if I send something over as like, tell me whatever you want me to change. I'll strip out, you know, if I send them stems, I'm like, take what you want and leave the rest. That way, it just kind of organically comes together if you're not trying to force it. Does that make any sense? I probably oh, yeah, just... yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and I, and I also, I, I feel like part of the thing that you're communicating, too, is this, this sense of allowing people to do their own thing and use your creative impetus to create something of their own. There's this reciprocation that, in turn, kind of makes you a better musician. What to you is, like, your favorite part of this song? Like, what, what is your favorite part that when you listen to, you're like, that's the part, that's my favorite. I like when that drops. I like when that happens. Definitely the tone of her voice, the emotion that mm. she conveys in her voice, the lyrics. And I always, I, I don't know why, but I'm hooked on, you know, going from verse to chorus or going from bridge to chorus. Like, I, I always try to go for a, kind of an epic I really like, you know, impacts and bass drops and big cymbals, splashy cymbals and stuff like that. So I always love it. If, you know, not always do I do it, but I love getting to the, that chorus part and it's just like, boom, you know, it kind of just, mm. ah, there it is. I, I love that because I love it when, when I listen to it. I listen to a ton of soundtracks. Like you just heard me blathering oh. on about The Fifth Element. I have a, a gigantic library of soundtracks and so it's you know even though i'm not writing to anything visually with this music i'm still imagining you know in my mind kind of you kind of get an idea of things cuz i'm i'm also a writer i'm also a painter like i'm i'm a total weirdo so uh, you know a lot of the time like when i hear a song it'll make me think of an idea for a story or when i read a book it'll make me think of an idea for a song so yeah. but yeah definitely the the lyrics and her vocal it just it's haunting. It makes it just mm. gives me goosebumps every time. It's like heartbreaking. It's so beautiful to me. My final question about the song is, why was this your favorite song that you wanted to talk about? I would say that the reason I'm the most proud of this song, I feel like, and again, this is absolutely nothing against Dominique. If you'd heard her raw vocal recorded in her car, like literally, I mean, can if you can imagine trying to go out in your car and record a vocal, like it was it, for what it was it was incredible but it took 
many, many hours of work to to get it to a point mm. in the mix where it actually sounded big and powerful and clean. And she also, um, she's got a, a vocal pedal that is kind of like her signature thing. So they weren't raw vocals when I got uh -huh. them. I'm used to working with totally raw vocals. So I also had to fit that into the mix correctly. So she had her vocal pedal in the car is what you're saying yes okay yes so battery did. operated i'm I, well let's <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> oh my okay yeah so so wow okay go yeah. ahead i'm sorry carry on <laughs> no just like you were saying earlier like you hit the nail on the head because every day every new song every new person that you work with there's always going to be a new challenge like something where you're like I don't know how to do this properly. How do I do it? And so I, it's like with music, I feel like I'm going to be 80 years old going like, I didn't know that about compression. I mean, there's just so much to know about when you're looking at like audio engineering, especially with mastering and all that kind of stuff. So like, yeah, I, I feel like we took, you know, and I wrote that song really quickly for her. I was in a time crunch, so I, I had to just sit down and crank it out in three days. She did her vocals in one afternoon. And I'm just so, I, first of all, I'm just really proud to be able to work with this incredible woman because she's, I mean, she's my hero. And secondly, what we took and turned into something that's so beautiful that seems to be everybody's favorite track on that album by far. I It makes me feel proud, and I don't say that very often. Awesome. <laughs> it makes me go... Hey, we did a really good job because usually I tend to go back and listen to music and I can only hear the flaws. Oh man, uh, you know, once it's on Spotify. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, I've, I've been finding that now that I'm out far enough that, you know, I can listen to something maybe five years ago and be like, yeah, it's not too bad. It's very difficult to think about how many very, very talented musicians who just may never see their music as anything worthwhile which is just like <sighs> ugh i mean I know. And, and, and you know what it's 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 okay for them to feel that way it's okay for them to experience it that way but it it just it it does make you want to be like can you just hear it how i hear it you know just for a second yes and what's the what's the path now you know what i mean to actually because it, like in the 90s you know i mean forever it was you play live shows People come to see you, they discover you that way, you know, and then things started to change and it was like, oh, they're going to discover you online on MySpace or whatever. And then, you know, it just kept going. And, and now it's like, there are so many different paths that everybody could take where, but with the pandemic, I'm like wondering what's it going to be like for, you know, all these musicians that tour and that's what they do for a living. Like, Winter, you know, is it going to be like when we get the vaccine that things can go back to normal? But I think everybody kind of at this point is going, I don't know what to do, especially with all the pay for play stuff now with, you know, so many venues going like, well, if you sell 500 tickets at $20 a pop, then we'll book you. And it's like, well, good gracious. And, you know, back in the day, they were just happy to have artists come and play their venue. COVID-19 got you down? You looking for some music? Some video games? Well, Exile Main Street still has all the things you need. New and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile Main Street still has something for any music enthusiast and old-school gaming devotee. 
Exile Main Street is taking orders, making deliveries, and pickups by appointment. They can find just about any music or video game you need. Check out their website, exilemainstreet.com, for links to their Discogs page for new additions. You can also contact them via Facebook Messenger to see what they can find for you. They can also be reached on Instagram, Twitter, email, or phone at 217-398-MAIN. That's 217-398-6246. Welcome back. So, when we were talking earlier off... uh, off recording and and through email, you had mentioned that you moved here in 2018. I'm just curious, so what brought you here to Champaign-Urbana? Well, I'm sorry to say that it's kind of a sad reason, but I want to just follow that up real quick with, I love it here, and I'm glad that that fate and everything conspired to, to bring us here, because... I love champagne. So we ended up coming out here because my partner's mother had lung cancer. And she she had, they they said she had about eight months left and we wanted to be as close as possible. Um, They lived in Decatur. We couldn't find anything in Decatur, so we landed in Champagne and, you know, spent that time with her and that was precious. And have just kind of now been starting to go, maybe we should put some roots down here, you know? I mean, we've lived just about everywhere. Lived in, I think, 18 different states in the last 15 years. And, like, in those states, lived in six or seven different cities. And, I mean, I grew up moving constantly. It's crazy to me to move to a place and feel like this feels like home. Like, I I can't explain. The people are so kind I mean, it's so, it blows me away. Just having somebody hold the door for me, having somebody walk past me and and smile and say hello. I mean, after living in so many big cities where the pace is so fast, you know, and everybody's stressed out and people just don't even really make eye contact anymore to come here to this pace where there's also, though, there's so much culture, there's, there's so much art, there's so much music. It's very progressive here. And so it's like every good thing I could imagine in one city you know it's the perfect size it's it's affordable i love the people i love the weather i love everything about it it's just a really beautiful place was there any concern when you first moved to champaign urbana that you wouldn't be able to continue working in the same way that you were able to work before um were you able to work at a distance is that was that a concern you know my only thought was i hope that i can find some local artists to collaborate with at some point and because I have, you know, a full studio set up, because I do audio for my job as well, so I have to have a full studio, it doesn't ever stop me from being able to record. But I remember, I think it was like the second week that we were here, I went to the DMV to get my driver's license, and the girl at the counter just happened to mention, I don't even remember what we were talking about, but she happened to mention that her boyfriend was a rap artist and I remember just going it she I probably she probably thought I was crazy but I was like oh, is he working with anybody does he need a producer like what's you know do, here's my information if you want to tell if he ever wants to work I just and I've put you know three or four ads up on Craigslist looking for people to collaborate with and stuff and 
that was the main thing was I hope I can find somebody. With your music, do you find a lot of opportunities to actually go out and perform? Being in bands, you know, back in the day, that was always like a big priority, you know, to, to get the gigs and stuff. But with Plyke, I, I honestly, I kind of shot myself in the foot when I when I put Plyke together because I had been listening to male producers for years use female vocal samples in their music. And so when I started Plyke, I didn't think a thing about it. I'm going to do the same thing they're doing. I'm going to use female vocal samples. Mm. Duh! People are going to think you're the vocalist. You know, that kind of thing. And also looking at being able to perform live, you know, how do you do that? And so there were, there's been a few times where I've sat down and kind of looked at it and gone, what could I do? You know, if I could get some really cool visual performers to do something where, you know, because it, it would be so boring to just sit there with me on my laptop, you know, here I am on my laptop in my, with my keyboards and stuff. Do you have a favorite venue in Champaign-Urbana? I am so embarrassed to say that I've only gone to one live performance. I actually, st on my birthday last year, stumbled into a live performance. There was a band called 90s Daughter, and they were doing uh -huh. like cover songs and stuff. And it was like a, a street festival. I, um, had gone out to play pool for my birthday. Uh, what's the place down? Jupiter's. It's down. Yes, Jupiter's. Yes. <laughs> Went there for the first time and was like, wow, this place is great. And came out and then the street festival was just right there. So caught them. But last Halloween, what was the name of that darn venue? It, I think they are the primarily the ones that... Is that the Canopy Club that you were speaking? I think you mentioned it before. That's okay. right. I don't think either one of the artists was from Champagne. They were EDM. I think one was from Bloomington and one had driven down from Chicago. Um, but they did a... Speaking of visual artists, the, the opener, the opening act, um, they did an incredible... They had... They had... Um, it, poles installed poles on the stage and they had these women doing insane i mean swinging around like way up high in the air and it was it was really cool light show they had a huge projector that was playing all this crazy stuff so it was just like whoa everywhere you looked that was one of the most exciting electronic shows i've ever seen i mean even going to see i don't know if you know like vnv nation like I, i've seen a, quite a few electronic groups even stuff like paul oakenfold and there's not a lot going on usually so it was really exciting to see you know indies doing this really incredible stuff that was a it was a cool venue oh yeah another thing i was going to say about that place is that they have really great acoustics I was really blown away by the acoustics there. Like, it, I mean, with with that kind of music, it can be really tricky to get the acoustics right. And even in the midst of the current coronavirus pandemic, the Jubilee Cafe is continuing to serve packaged, home cooked meals free to all every Monday evening, five to six thirty p.m. Meals are available for pickup outside the 6th Street door to the Community United Church of Christ in Champaign, Illinois, 805 South 6th Street. Jubilee Cafe's mission remains the same. Feed hungry people by cooking healthy and delicious meals. We are open to anyone who cares to receive a meal. For information on the meal or how to volunteer, Go to the Jubilee Cafe CUCC Facebook page or email us at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org.
M, what is your favorite non-musical thing? My favorite non-musical thing has to be video games. I mean, I, I ever since I think I was eight when me and my sister got the NES for Christmas and it was like oh and pretty much ever since then it's I'm just I don't know it's wonderful there's games that I've played where I got so sucked into the game world that when I think about that game it's almost like being there like there's there's a series of games since you know and that's so cool that you're not a gamer like I appreciate that so you probably haven't heard of this series of games called Mass Effect but they are science fiction games they're epic huge I mean it, it it's like Star Wars they're emotional the characters are so complex you've got you get you visiting all these different planets you're saving the world it's great and it's one of the games which they're doing more and more, which I love, where you can choose to be either a female or a male protagonist. You know, it's not like the old school, like, <laughs> call me snake, kind of, I have no neck. <laughs> like, Commander Shepard, she's so great. I, video games, and that I worked in games for about four years. I, I was a QA analyst for a couple years at Sony, and then I actually wrote uh, they, I got a writing apprenticeship there. I got to write VO for Mark Hamill's Joker. The game I was working on was a DC game, and I actually have, I don't know if you can see, but I even have the Joker tattooed. And Harley Quinn. So the Mass Effect is, is like your favorite video game series? Yes. I mean, how many, how many games do they have? Is it They've done four so far, but the first three all fit together, and then the last one was like, this is new characters, and this is a new world, and I was so stubborn, I'm like, I just can't get into these characters. You know how you'll do that? You'll fall in love with a certain, and you're like, that's just not as good, but those games, yes, and there are, because of, you know, it's been... Uh, October and everything I've been playing through I love survival horror so I don't know if you've ever heard of Silent Hill but they oh my god all of the Silent Hill games are fantastic like if you like to be scared and then they I actually just recently got an Oculus Rift and I've been too cowardly to play a horror game on it because I'm like I I don't think I can handle it but I love survival horror like um, they did a really great I don't know if you're a fan of uh, the James Cameron aliens movie it's like probably my favorite movie of all time I love Ripley I just want to be Ripley when I grow up you know and they they did a great game called alien isolation where it's Ripley's uh, daughter and you're playing as her and she's come looking for her mother and you can't even fight the alien you, you can't even have a weapon you just have to run and hide so it's even scarier because it's tracking you and it, the, it it's it's great so yeah obviously i'm a super super nerd a gigantic nerd is there a favorite system you like using i'm playstation all the way yeah i i oh. usually i don't know why i've not ever been able to get into gaming on a keyboard or on the pc for some reason um, probably because I mm. grew up on a console and it's just familiar. The one I've played this year that I love the most is called, the. I, it's literally called Untitled Goose Game. And it was made by a team of four people in Australia. It is the funnest game. You play as a goose. There's puzzles to solve and stuff, but you basically run around honking at people and stealing their stuff. It is hysterical. So it's Grand Theft Auto for, for yes, goosies, right? exactly. You know? <laughs> uh, uh, but you know what? There's there's something about like like that kind of comedic, uh, cartoonish humor. Yes, that it's some like so stress relieving too. It's like 
that cartoon humor and it's like nobody's really getting hurt well you know what too that one is really it stands out because the music is dynamic so the faster like if you're the goose and you start running the music goes from dun 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 like it it changes as you're doing stuff it's like watching the three stooges i mean it's it's really really funny and i haven't played too many games where the music really it's usually just kind of in the background you know you've got like a background loop so when it actually is altering what it's doing based on what you're doing you kind of feel like you're directing the game in a way like it's really cool and thank you for being on the show and talking to me all about your song sanity meter featuring yellow belly and telling me about your favorite non-musical thing and kind of the collaborations that made this piece unique your move to champagne urbana and i i've just really appreciated hearing you know how you're adapting and making this a home and like feeling at home here and you know that that makes me really happy because there's something unique about this place and like the more that you find out and you meet other musicians and and talk to them about you know the stuff that they're doing it's 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 such a great community and uh, you know this is probably one of the main reasons that i have this podcast is because there's so many great things and great stories and and you know this conversation is no different so thank you so much for being on the show thank you so much for being so gracious and having me i i really enjoyed talking to you and i wanted to to say i have a literal fear that people will discover champagne and it will like become a boom town i'm like not wanting to tell anybody uh. how wonderful it is because it's like it's going to be like the next Asheville, north carolina right where all of a sudden everybody's like oh that's the cool place to go but no thank you i it's so funny because you know i've been here for a couple of years now but i feel like champagne just welcomed me here like so thank you very much this has been a really great time talking to you thank you for listening to Champagne is also a band podcast. This is M from Plyke reminding you great music is out there. Go find it where you live. You almost have an NPR voice, it's so good. Oh man, a few yes! drama. Clamps! Clamps! The clamps! clamps. <laughs>